everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne, and I'm the head coach at Grace Financial Coaching. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Lessons Learned, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. My name is Suzanne, and I'm the head coach at Grace Financial Coaching, and I help my clients build strong financial habits so they can experience a more stable future and carefree life. Today, we are talking to my friend, Amy Carlson. Amy is helping high-performing women get in the best health of their life by removing those hidden toxins that can cause pain, brain fog, fatigue, weight gain. Is this sounding familiar, ladies? (laughs) (laughs) That these things, we're not even aware that they're affecting us, right? We're going through Mm -hmm. life like this. Mm -hmm. Amy is a certified toxicity and detox specialist, author, podcast host. I've been on Amy's podcast before. Uh, She's been featured on numerous other podcasts. She's an expert speaker on countless health and wellness summits and has produced four of her own summits. So Amy, I'm so happy to get you on here. Oh, Suzanne, I'm excited to be here. And and boy, we had a little bit of a crisis trying to get me on uh, the show too. So it's like, my time is just crazy right now, but I'm so blessed and honored to be a part of this because this is so important for people to understand your finances. It's so important for us as women to take a role in the financial uh, health of our um our marriages and our life. And I'm so glad you do what you do because it's making such a huge difference. And I love that it's, um, I love it. It's grace. It's Christ centered. And um, I'm just happy to be a part of this conversation. Awesome. Well, before we jump into Amy's mistakes with money, uh, Amy, tell us (laughs) a little bit more about what you do. Sure. So I'm a certified toxicity and detox specialist. And, um, we know that toxins are the number one cause of all disease and inflammation in the body. And when I was going through my own story of overcoming chronic disease, I didn't know this. Um, I was living that oblivious life. I was following what the doctors told me to do, even though I wasn't getting any results. And I was just hopping from one doctor to the next, being you know pushed off to the next specialist, given a prescription, sometimes even being told, you know, this might be in your head. And, and, you know, and it's like, "Mm, pretty certain this is pretty real. (laughs) That's happening to my body. But as I started to get into that journey of learning about my body and how it actually works and what I could do to repair the body, because we can, um, just like uh, uh, switches can be turned on, it's called epigenetics in our body, we need a trigger and that's toxins that trigger the genes to express themselves. That's how we get the chronic disease. We can absolutely turn them off. And that is great news for the world, you know, to understand that we we have that choice. We just have to be willing to do what it takes. Um, when I learned about the hidden toxins inside of our home, I grew up in the automotive industry for 30 years. I was an automotive mechanic. I owned automotive uh, facilities, five of them in the state of Iowa, highly regulated, two government bodies you know, watching over us. And I found that <clears throat> the products we as moms, we as women are using every single day inside of our home are not regulated in the least. 86,000 chemicals used out in production today, and there is not one study done on their safety, not mm. one. 
not one. So I knew I needed to become a voice and I needed to get this information out loud and clear. And that's why I started the podcast. I wrote the book and ta-da, yes, <laughs> I yes. do what I do. Yeah, and if anybody's watching, um, um, people are watching this live right now, uh, but if anybody's watching the replay, if you look at the thumbnail, the picture of Amy in her toxic <laughs> suit, but, oh my gosh, I just love that picture. I remember when that came out last year, it was just the perfect summation of what you are doing in a physical sense. It's, and, it, and it's such a, um, it can be such a heavy topic just like, you know, money is a very heavy topic, but the dumbest thing I ever did, I mean, let's make light of it. Let's have fun with this, right? We have to do that so that we can take action because if we're always serious and, and overwhelmed, then we're frozen. I don't care if it's our health or our money, we have to learn to take those little steps yes, and this absolutely. can apply in both worlds. <laughs> exactly. I know it's it's stuff that we don't want to talk about, right? Chronic disease, chronic pain. We think we have to suffer in silence and it's the yep. same thing with money. So let's get yep. to it, Amy. What is the dumbest thing you've ever done with money? You know, if I could sum it up in one sentence, it would be, I let love blind me to money. It, 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 and, and let me extrapolate on that. So my first marriage, I made all the mistakes. Um, everything was part, you know, you're married. This is for life. This is your partner. So you have trust and faith in them that, that you know, everything is, the, is to be what it's supposed to be. And you combine your monies, you have that joint account and you just have that faith in this relationship and it's going to be what it's going to be. And, and I was busy out with my career and I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on with the money. I just knew checks all went in there. We paid the bills. We had, um, you know, long before I married my husband, I had my son, I was a single mom and I had started a fund for my son for college and unbeknownst to me that was being depleted month by oh month goodness. and, you know, and taken out. And I wasn't checking up on the stuff. I, you know, so there were, there were issues in the marriage that went well beyond finances, but sure. I'm going to keep it at finances right now. And I was allowing my love for that person to blind me to what the reality was that was happening. Okay. And so as a woman, what I, you know, I want to say is, you know, ask the questions before you get married, ask the questions, what are we going to do with our finances? How are we going to come together with our finances? We just were this melting pot with it. There was never a discussion on how it was going to be. There was never a discussion on what's your contribution to the family. Where are your finances at? Where are my finances at? Is this going to be an equal 50-50 thing? How is this going to work, you know, for our finances? And what I found as we went on through the marriage is all of a sudden, there were just literally thousands of dollars missing. They're just gone and couldn't be accounted for. And again, I, I use that love, that blind love that, oh, he's just going through a rough patch. There's got to be some excuse. You know, you know, I, I made every excuse in the book not to be looking at reality and what really was happening in, right. in right in front of my face. Yeah. Laura um, says, 
preach. Ask those questions. Definitely. Definitely. And I didn't do that, you know, and I finally learned, you know, I finally came to a point where it was like, yes, ask those questions. I definitely knew, okay, I got to protect myself. I have to protect myself financially. I've got a son that I need to be thinking about here. And and so a year before we ever separated, I separated our finances. He didn't know it, wow. but I did, you know, and I took and it started another account and I was putting my money away in there because it, it, I mean, seriously, the money went in and all of a sudden it's gone. And I had no idea Well, I knew exactly where it was going. So I had to protect myself. And then the other thing, so I had to protect myself. I had to figure this out. Um, And and I'll just share the story and then I'll go back to kind of the steps that I did, if that's okay. So then what ended up happening, we ended up separating. and this is how this is why this is what happened and why I say women take your head out of your ass and you know don't be blind to mm-hmm. things you've got to ask the questions because we separated went our separate ways uh we got divorced and when I sat in that court even though I had an attorney he did not he wasn't right. even present at the divorce hearing Everything was, you know, split 50-50. And even though there were things that were given to him for a financial responsibility, there are things given to me for a financial responsibility, that the creditors and and who we owed money to come after who they can get a hold of. Does not matter what is written on that judgment of divorce. And I'd say, this isn't my debt. See, here's my papers. And they're like, doesn't matter. We can't get a hold of them. Your name's on it. You're responsible. And and so what ended up happening to me is I was completely financially devastated oh. in that divorce. Completely financially devastated. I lost everything. We lost our home. I lost my child's um, college education fund. Uh, I lost. I lost everything. I lost my credit rating. I lost. It, it was all gone. Uh, I had to file bankruptcy. Um, it took me years, seven years, <laughs> as a matter of fact, uh, before I could even establish any kind of new credit uh, that wasn't costing me an arm and a leg to, you know, stand on my own two feet. Right. Wow. So this is this is what I went through because I blindly trusted the person I was with. Even though I had all the red flags out there, I wasn't asking the right questions and I wasn't protecting myself financially. And um, and I was a business owner, ladies, you know, so you would think I would know better. But, you know, sometimes us as women, we let love just kind of lead us down the wrong path. Right. Absolutely. Laura had a little feedback. Divorce decree doesn't matter if you've signed your name on the debt and they are not playing. Yeah. The creditors don't care. I mean, it they is didn't such- care. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it's such a a cutthroat industry. Um, So that is just unbelievable. So, Amy, I'm going to go back one quick second. Um, I had somebody ask me last night, and I think it was, I kind of mentioned this to you earlier. It was a very appropriate uh, question that the person asked me. And uh, it was a a married woman, Mm -hmm. and her husband did not show up to the meeting. Mm -hmm. And she said, should we combine our finances or not? And I just said, yes. 
She's like, what? That's, that's not an answer to my question. <laughs> the problem is, yes, you should combine your finances. Yes, you should not combine your finances. Only if you've asked enough of the questions, can I say, right. yes, you should combine your finances. Yes, right. you should not combine your finances if you haven't ans asked those questions and you haven't gotten right. the answers that you want. Um, right. So yeah, I, I totally agree. In, in the beginning, had those questions been asked, right? Maybe you would have, mm -hmm. it would have not, there would have not been such issues. We would have had answers to certain questions. We would have said, you know, we're going to keep our, we're going to keep our fund money account separate, or we're going to keep our checking account separate, mm -hmm. or we're going to create one joint account for the household bills. You know, there might've been a little reservation where we could have gone from two completely separate financial worlds to a little bit closer. And then if, all the questions had been answered in in an amenable fashion. Right. <laughs> then we could have and, combined everything right. all well, together. And, and here's the thing, too, Suzanne. As women, I, I and and maybe I'm categorizing things. I don't know. I, as myself, okay, this woman right here, I tend to make a lot of decisions emotionally. All right. Uh, I don't care if it's raising the children, if it's making decisions about money, if it's, you know, whatever, it, even in my career as a businesswoman owning the businesses, I had to learn how to put the emotions in check and be able to make solid, factual decisions. The questions allow you to make the solid, factual decisions. When you are in a marriage, everything becomes very emotional. And when it comes to money, it is even more emotional. So if we know the guidelines and we've set up the rules of operation <laughs> before we ever are into this marriage, then the, uh, the emotions are taken out of the equation. We know that, okay, this is how it's going to work. And if all of a sudden it's not working that way, you've got this kind of contract, if you will, the, an operating procedure of how things are going to work. And you don't have to let it be emotional. Right. You right. don't. Absolutely. Yeah. Money is very emotional. Um, it, very. It, it really is. And I think mm -hmm. people call me sometimes and they think, well, this woman's just going to tell me what I need to do with my money. And I can do that. Right. But unless your emotions are either in check or I do work with some people who actually are the opposite of what we were just saying, mm -hmm. where it's like, nope, this is just money. It's black and white. And that's not true either. It's a combination right. of both. It can't just be black and white. It can't just be numbers on a page because if you don't have the emotion behind saving for your first home. If you don't yes. have desire, if you don't have that motivation, if you don't have mm -hmm. that dream or that goal then that's never going to happen. Right. Like black and white numbers aren't on the page aren't going to start saving themselves for <laughs> your dream home. <laughs> I wish it worked that way. And, I know that's very upsetting. <laughs> you know, and, and don't don't ignore. So my my lessons there were not asking the right questions in the very beginning. Not yeah. uh, and not having the game plan. You know, have the game plan. If this isn't the way that it's working, then what? No, what are the steps going to be? So that's key there. And then uh, number two is as women, this woman here, trust your gut. If your gut's telling you one thing and your eyes are, you know, trust that. Don't. Sometimes we have to ignore the, the pitter patter here. And the eyes are seeing one thing and the gut's going, mm, you know, and the, and the heart's saying, oh, but. 
but <laughs> but we can fix it, right? <laughs> oh, we can make it better if, if we just love a little more, if we just give a little more grace, if we just, you know, if we, if we, if we yes. shouldn't have to be that way. Yes. So Amy, what would you do differently if you could go back in time? Um, number one it, it is again, I would ask the right question. So I did get married a second time and I did ask the questions. Oh, I right. sat, oh, I did. Yes. <laughs> oh, you better believe I did because I was not going to go through that financial devastation again. It taught me many lessons. Number one, it taught me, first of all, don't overextend yourself in debt. If you don't have the cash to pay for it, chances are you don't really need it chances are you don't really need it. You know, we live in this world of debt. Uh, when you go to buy a car, for instance, what does the, what does, what do they talk to you about? They don't talk to you about the overall price of the car. They say, what can you afford monthly? Right. Here's the, here's the price of the car per month. Yeah. I'm like, don't talk to me in those terms. Yeah. You know, well, no, seriously. If you talk to me in those terms again, I'm going to turn around and walk away. And my husband, you know, my I'm always the negotiator when it comes to pur purchasing cars. My husband will go, seriously, dude, you better straighten it up or we are walking out here. You know? It's like, talk to me in overall price. Do not talk to me about what I can afford monthly. So, you know, stop living on debt. Yeah. Start planning for the major purchases that you want to make. So have the questions asked. And the questions are, what are you bringing in? What am I bringing in? How are we going to take these apart? You know, we've got the combined home that we're taking care of. So whether that's a mortgage and everything it needs to run the home, is there insurances that we need to you know, take care of, their car payments that we need, whatever those are, how is that going to be done? fun money, vacation money, savings money, you know, all you've got to run through that litany of questions to know how is this going to take place? Yes. The second side of that equation is, okay, you've set this process up. Here's your operating procedure for your home. What do you do when it's not operating that way? Mm. No. What? What's your game plan? Mm -hmm. have that game plan don't we don't sail out on a sailboat and not know where the heck we're going we don't take off right. on a trip and not know where we're going right, right. We even, even the bible tells us the you're a fool if you start to mm -hmm. build a tower and you haven't counted the cost to build the tower because you're going to exactly. be starting with the bottom of the tower and the tower is never going to be finished so. right you know so know what's the game plan going to be if that doesn't happen right what what happens where do you go is know, it yeah i don't even know if you need the game plan so much immediately you need to have the ability to sit down with your spouse and talk well that's and that's then the thing. figure it's, out the game plan you know right. and, and you it's, need to remove that stigma that continues to be around money that we just can't seem to break off as americans for some reason yep well and that was going to be my step one it might be just to sit down and have a question, you know, yeah. a, a conversation, non-emotional, non-emotional guys. Mm -hmm. It's so important to have these conversations in a not, it, it, it cannot have heightened emotions. It cannot be in a fight state. If that's what's happening, you need to table it, walk away and come back. Yes. Absolutely. If that's the next day. And you have to be okay with that. You have to say, okay, listen, 
We're not getting anywhere because when we're emotional, you're not hearing the other person. You're not hearing them. They're not hearing you. And, and so you might as well give it up right then and there. You have to be able to sit down and have these conversations and hear the other person. Yeah. Adrian um, says, Amen. If you can't talk, you won't succeed. Place the problem on the table and work on it together. Ab so absolutely. True. So and true. That's, that's the first step. And then if you're doing that and you're having the conversation, now I'm not a marriage counselor. All right. I'm just telling you what has worked for me. I've been in a bad marriage. I've been in a good marriage. Right. So what works is, is in, in the beginning of my second marriage, we didn't have those non-emotional talks. You know, I, let me share a funny story with you because in the beginning I was single for 10 years. My husband had been single for 20 years when we got married, my current wow. husband today. So coming together, fiercely independent people, little hard, little hard. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, and early in our marriage, we were having a fight over money, you know, and how the money was happening and they, you know, who was handling the money and all that stuff. It was just a big, you know, you got two, two controllers <laughs> trying to control. And uh, he, he, he grabbed a bag, he packed that bag and he said, I'm out, I don't need this. Okay, we've been married like less than six months. And so I'm sitting in, the, in our little den and, and I'm watching this and I'm like, I think he's leaving me. <laughs> I'm like, huh. And, and, and I hear the door open and close and I hear the garage door go up and I'm like, he's really leaving. And then all of a sudden I hear the door slam again and I hear him stomp it up the stairs. And he walks by and he's like, my car's in the shop. <laughs> no and, way. And I share the story because we had those escalated fights about money and God intervened. Had his car been there? Might be a whole different story than what we've that, got today. That crossed my mind. But the other thing that just crossed my mind is imagine being in that state of mind trying to have a discussion about money to the point where you forget your car's not in the driveway. Like and how emotional that's like, that must've been like the 110% of emotions were out there and we're talking about money. It's like the exact opposite of what we've been trying to say not to do. Right. But you well, forget your cars in the shop. Yeah. That's how heated you are. Right? <laughs> I love well, and, it. And this is why I share the story is because see, we couldn't get anywhere in that conversation. And the only way we're way where we were getting was separation. Right. Right. Was separation, whether it's just physically separated and we would have come back and had a conversation. I don't know. We don't know the answer to that question because that's not the way our story turned out. Right. But I, I share it because in the beginning we weren't able to have those calm, rational decisions, but we do, we had to work at it and say okay and we had to both be okay with you know i i can't have this conversation right now we're going to table it and we're going to come back and we had to understand if anybody called it we had to honor that other person and come back yeah um yeah. that's okay yeah that's okay. i actually have my um when i have couples like this where we're working through some very high emotions um i actually have a 17 minute rule because i worked with a couple many years ago where the husband would walk out. This is when we were yeah. allowed to meet in person. Uh, the husband would walk out. <laughs> He'd walk out. And I started mm -hmm. to notice it was at like somewhere between the 15 and 20 minute mark. 
And somewhere, I I literally created a plan for people who have trouble talking about this stuff called the 17 minute budget committee meeting. Yep. You, I don't care where you're at. We're stopping at 17 minutes. You could be right. ready to throw blow to come down to blows, and we're stopping <laughs> at a few minutes. You could be right. like, "Wow, this isn't as bad as I thought." But nope, we got to 17 minutes. We're gonna we're done. Aside, we're gonna go yep. do something else, and we're gonna come back to it tomorrow because it prevents. For some reason, it was the 17 minute marks. So right. <laughs> it prevents no. that that uh, you know b- boiling over to the point where someone walks out of a meeting that they are paying to attend, which is right. unbelievable, right? Right. Well, and and so, okay, so you have the conversations and I love your 17 minute rule. And and along with that 17 minute rule, what I would say, I, I don't care if it's money, if it's children, if it's sex, you know, whatever the conversation is that you guys are having, don't let that be your only conversation. So if you've got the 17 minute rule, and it's off the table. Stop talking about it. Move on to another topic because you guys are so much more than that one little piece and part of you. Yes. Definitely. Don't make that your major, you know, focus. So we we're having conversations. Did it help? Did it not help? Right? I mean, that's an easy enough, you know, okay, we we got we we are off task. We came to a, an agreement and we're back on the table. Things are working out and we're moving on and things are good. Awesome. Option number B is we've talked it out. We've said that this is going to be our course of correction, yet only one of us is making the course of correction, right? Now you have to have you know another conversation and you need to know where those steps are. And I, I don't want to keep going with that conversation because you know that's not for me to be making those decisions for you. But what I can say, being in that situation, you know, if there's not course correction happening on both parts, you got to take a long, hard look at what's happening for yourself. And you have to protect yourself uh, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, ladies, you know, protect yourself. Yeah, don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great, Amy. I I've known you for a few years now, and I was not <laughs> expecting this level of vulnerability. And I want to honor that and thank you for that. That is so oh. amazing. Your honesty about your financial blunders and what you learned and what women can take away from this conversation. I would encourage everyone to check Amy Carlson out at transformingwomenshealth.com uh, and make sure to pick up a copy of her book. Uh, again, you guys can check out the thumbnail on this. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Toxin Terminator. I love that book cover. It is thank absolutely you. amazing. Yes. Thank you, Amy from Adrian. Oh, and thank you, Adrian. Yes, it was such a great conversation. And uh, yeah, guys, join us next time for another episode of Lessons Learned, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. And be sure to subscribe on the YouTube channel. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Thanks again to our guests for their honesty and for sharing their financial blunders with us. Join me again next week for another episode of Lessons Learned Podcast, the dumbest thing I've ever done with money. Make sure to subscribe to the Grace Financial Coaching YouTube channel and please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts.